Hello Pod, I'm Chris Hewitt and welcome to the latest instalment in our very occasional series of podcast specials dedicated to trailer breakdowns. Uh, very rare. When was the last time we did one of these? Doctor Strange? Doctor Strange and the Multiverse yes. of Madness. Yeah. I incorrectly predicted a whole bunch of stuff. Oh, if you want incorrect predictions, <laughs> no, you've no. come to the right place. No no predictions. Guarantees. Amon guarantees. I didn't guarantee <laughs> all of uh, what I now. said that day. Come I guaranteed now. some of it, not all of it. You sit on a throne of lies. <laughs> Unbelievable. Uh, and uh, there might be a few Hugh Better Believer buddies in this podcast. There might be a few Amon guarantees because I am Chris Hewitt. Welcome, everybody. Uh, I am joined by Amon Warman. Hello. And Helen O'Hara. Hello. I don't give guarantees. <laughs> the only guarantee I give is that I don't give guarantees. <laughs> well, it's not a guarantee. It's more of a guideline. Suggestion. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think what yours would be. Anyway, and we'll, we'll think about it at some point. But, uh, but here's how much we love you guys. Here is how much we love you guys. We are recording this at... 10.30 p.m. on Tuesday, the 4th of October. Helen and Amon have just got back from seeing what I'm guessing are excruciatingly dull films ahead of the LFF. Uh, put a thumbs up if you've seen an excruciatingly dull film tonight. Okay, that's not named the films. <laughs> but uh, let's, let's leave that tantalizing tidbit out there for the listeners. And uh, I've got COVID. And so I feel like death warmed up. So this is going to be a really fun... <laughs> At least you're warm. At least I'm warm. There I you don't go. know. My extremities, are, they're not good. I don't want to think about my extremities. Uh, anyway, I really don't, no. This is going to be a deep-ish dive because I'm also recording this in my bedroom and my wife needs to go to bed at some point, so... It, it doesn't seem sensible to do a deep-ish dive. You know, it's full of Atlanteans down there. It's, there's real danger under the sea. Under the sea. That's good. Under the sea, <laughs> it's better down where it's wetter, which is the subtext of Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is the film that we're breaking down. I haven't mentioned that. Uh, I told you I'm very tired and I'm ill. Okay, give me a fucking break. Anyway, the second trailer for Black Panther Wakanda Forever hit the interwebs yesterday. And despite the fact that we're all very, very busy and one of us is actually dying, we've decided to get together tonight and bring you a trailer breakdown. Isn't that nice of us? I think that's nice of us. I think that's Yay. good. Yeah, there I mean, we go. Let's not pat ourselves on the back too much. We didn't make the film, but you know, it's, it's something at least. <laughs> let's not start sucking each other's dicks just yet. What's that film? What film is that from? Because the line is in my head, <laughs> way more than it should be. But you know, <laughs> it's from a film, isn't it? it let's is not from a start film. sucking each other's dicks just yet. What's that from? I haven't just said it. It's not just something I say. No, I'm pretty sure I've heard it before. <laughs> but oh boy. <laughs> Okay, anyway, while you, guys, while you guys think of a name for a Helen guarantee and where that line comes from, let's get into the trailer, shall we? Now, we're not going to go frame by frame because we've already burned 10 minutes just getting through the intro. <laughs> uh, but first of all, let's frame this trailer, shall we? And let's frame this film. Let's give sure. it a little bit of context or context, if you will, uh, no. because this is, I think, the film that, I don't know, do you think this might this might be the biggest film of the year or is Avatar 2 going to be the biggest film of the year or is Top Gun Maverick still going to be the box office champ when all is said and done on December 31st for the calendar year that is oh for the calendar year I mean the the calendar calendar year year, then probably Avatar won't have taken over everything else at that point I don't bet against James Cameron generally though as Mm -hmm. as a rule in life I find it unwise Um, but yeah this is going to be a very big film I will say that that is as far as the Helen guarantee goes, <laughs> which isn't a guarantee. 
It's not a guarantee. But we also know it's going to be a very, very long film. It's two hours and 41 minutes. And Amon, that length, <laughs> that length is needed, Amon. <laughs> because uh, this, is, this, is got, this is a film that's got a lot to pack in. Everything I say is an innuendo right now. Just ignore that and carry on. <laughs> so to set the film up for people oh who somehow are under a rock. Um, if you're under a rock right now, or if you're Aaron Ralston and you're listening to this podcast, then set up Black Panther Wakanda forever for the folks at home. Yeah, so uh, this takes place uh, in the aftermath of Avengers Endgame. Obviously, Chadwick Boseman's passing in real life has meant that T'Challa has passed in the MCU. And uh, Wakanda is sort of reeling from that loss. And as they are reeling, the surface world sees this as an opportunity, I guess, to come into Wakanda and take their surface vibranium. World. Um, the, <laughs> the outside world, sorry, I'm confusing outside world and surface world with Namor because Namor is also attacking the surface world and he's got beef with Wakanda, makes demands of Wakanda that they either have to accept or accept the consequences of basically using his demand. Um, so yeah, that, that is the basic setup for this. I love that this film is two hours and 41 minutes long because the, lo- the, lo- the last couple of MCU films I've noted in both Thor, Love and Thunder, and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Thor, Love and Thunder, we now know, had had like a two-hour mandate, which I think went against the film in terms of its character work. I said the similar thing about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It felt like they were trying to squeeze a lot in and they could have used more screen time to develop a few things. And given everything that this movie will have to pack in, given that it's honoring, honoring Chadwick Boseman, given that it's expanding the world of Wakanda, given that it's introducing us to new characters who are going to play a big role in the MCU beyond this movie, it needs time to develop all of that to a satisfying degree. And you only get to watch a movie for the first time once. Um, so give the movie the screen time to land that impact in full force rather than release it and then do extended cuts and delete scenes or whatever. So I love that the film two hours, 40 minutes, 41 minutes long. And if Ryan Coogler's previous work is anything to go by, I think it's going to justify that one time. Yeah, unlike the films we saw tonight. <laughs> yeah. Mm, mm. The film you saw tonight was not Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Let's just, uh, let's just clear that up. Last no. <laughs> For people, uh, we did not see that. You did not see the film. I watched uh, Liverpool Rangers from my, from my sickbed. Uh, uh, a, a good choice. I think I won. Uh, and in fact, they won. <laughs> anyway, uh, you say landing in full force, and that's exactly what the character who takes the, the mantle of Black Panther does at the end of this trailer, falling from a great height, falling with style, landing on her <laughs> feet, because it's a female Black Panther. Here's the thing. It's Shuri, isn't it? Why aren't they saying it's Shuri? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I guess they want to leave that little shred, that little crumb of doubt. The way they did with uh, Spider-Man, uh, no way home, to be honest. We all knew, we knew that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were going to be in it. We knew that, but we still had that tiny shred of maybe we're wrong. Maybe they've played us. They've done it before. It <laughs> wasn't Mephisto. You know, maybe all the theories are wrong. And and I feel like that's what they're trying to do here. They're trying to give themselves just that just that like millimeter of wiggle room yeah. to deny that it's Shuri, but it's totally Shuri. I don't see why they would do that, if I'm honest with you. Uh, but Amon, what's your what's your take on this? Is is it Shuri? Is it Shuri? Because Shuri in the comics, Shuri takes a mantle of Black Panther in the comics. 
You know, yeah. I read an interesting theory from Richard Newby, who's an excellent uh, mm. a writer on the MCU. Not as yes, good as us, obviously, but he's pretty good. <laughs> and uh, he was positing a theory that uh, it might be a number of people who take the mantle of Black Panther in the movie at some point. It might be M'Baku, it might be Nakia, it might be Shuri, it might be even Queen Ramonda. You know, that it might be like a kind of Black Panthers, Wakanda <laughs> Forever's situation going on here. Yeah, I do think that Shuri in the shop we see at the end of this trailer I don't think we're going to see multiple Black Panthers. I do think we're going to see multiple characters who have been decked out in a vibranium suit of some sort, because I think Shuri is going to go into overdrive in terms of creating tech to protect everyone as much as possible. We obviously we don't know exactly how T'Challa, the, the reason for T'Challa's passing in the MCU, mm. but given Shuri's relationship with her brother, given that she is in charge with the technology, the protection of her brother, of the nation, I think this loss is going to send her to overdrive and just, you know, you get a vibranium necklace, you get a vibranium necklace, and you get... Um, so, so she's going to go full Tony. You see her going full Tony. I see her going full Tony in certain respects, yes. Um, so I would not expect to see, again, like, you know, Mbaku's, your Ramondas, and given a couple of shots in Australia, Ramondas is going to need some vibranium tech um, if, uh, the, what, if the teasers tease what they're teasing. Sorry, that was a terrible sentence, but we will get to what they get. It's, it's late. It's late, and at least one of us is COVID. you gotta, yeah. you got to give. You got to cut us some slack, people. you got to cut us um, some slack. Yeah, let's just say pe- people are going to be needing vibranium tech, vibranium protection, and I think Shuri is going to be wanting to give out as much of that as possible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I think it's very, very interesting that that idea. I hadn't considered that idea by uh, when Richard Newby floated it, and I suddenly thought, well, that might make a little bit of sense, and it might also explain why they've been hiding, uh, obfuscating this big reveal. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and maybe it doesn't happen until very, very late in the movie. Maybe part of the film is about an internal, not a power struggle necessarily, because clearly we can see in the trailer that there's going to be a mournful air to this movie. And rightly mm-hmm. so, there's going to be a somber and sober air to this movie. You're going to have major characters who are going to be mourning the loss of T'Challa and obviously by wider extension, Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. And that T'Challa's passing in the MCU does create something of a power vacuum in Wakanda. And, you know, I'm not going to say that people are going to be butting heads about who might take on the mantle of the Black Panther, but there might be a little bit more politicking going on, maybe. And maybe there's an element of Shuri not feeling that she's ready for it, because if I'm right in thinking it should kind of pass to her. Or possibly her mother feeling like she isn't ready for it mm-hmm. would make a, a lot of sense as well, having already lost her husband and her son, yeah. and yep. and also having lost her daughter and her son during the snap as well. Yeah. It would make a certain amount of sense if Ramonda was not exactly thrilled at the idea of her, her mm. daughter going out to fight. From both trailers and just the marketing campaign in general, it looks like Angela Bassett is going to have a much bigger role to play in this film. And that and delights me so. on mm. every single level because she's freaking Angela, the queen in every respect of those words, Bassett. And she is a heavyweight actor who needs to be utilized. And I feel like this film is going to do that in a big way. I believe that she, uh, at least at such a time when they sort of, officially crown a new Black Panther, she's going to be the queen regent of Wakanda in this dead. And you see a couple of scenes that are teased in these trailers uh, where she's going to the UN, where she's yeah. sitting on the throne. 
where she is clearly the woman holding court here, uh, which is great to see. It makes sense. Who who else are you going to get for that role? It, you know, <laughs> if um, th- there is the interesting thing about we we saw something of a struggle for power last time. We saw an idea of the the succession in Wakanda being up for debate, being in question. And yet this time, if anything, it feels like that is less of a presence, which I think is because it would feel a little bit odd and it would feel at odds with the kind of the metatextual mm-hmm. mourning for Chadwick, let alone T'Challa, for, for that country to descend back into sort of you yeah. know tribal bickering. I think at this point it would feel odd for the message that we as an audience need from it, never mind mm-hmm. sort of the narrative itself. That all said, you know, and I know that the this phase, whatever phase we're in, 20, 30, I can't, I can't keep track of the phases anymore, <laughs> but whatever phase we're in, in the MCU, you know, there's been an emphasis on youth usurping experience. Um, and there's been an, you know, there's been an emphasis on, you know, blooding the youngins, so mm-hmm. to speak. So I would absolutely love it. I don't think it's going to happen, but I would absolutely love it if Ramonda became the the Black Panther in this, <laughs> you know, sticking it one, up, one for the oldies. I would scream in the cinema after happened. Oh my gosh! Like we, we, Ramon, we simultaneously, <laughs> I want to see this movie with you for the first time, and simultaneously, I don't because I want to hear the movie. <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah, nah. You, you you would you you would not be able to hear certain points of dialogue if you if you sat next to me watching this movie. Most likely, so um, they'll rewind the uh, the movie in the in the theater. They do that. <laughs> But like we we got a glimpse of Amanda in battle in the What If uh, show uh, mm-hmm. very briefly, which was so cool. I asked her if we, we we might see that replicated in live action. She was like, "Yeah, I'm 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 old now, but all this. I'm like, you know, yeah, Angela Bassett. You look like you've been you've been looking like you're 25 old years old for like 20 years. You're gonna be fine." Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see we'll see what happens. I, I got my fingers crossed. That would be very cool. Okay, but but just checking. You guys don't think it'll be Bassett? No. Not principally, uh, no. It takes all sorts. Oh boy. <sighs> Shall we uh... Amon, did you get that joke? Did you get that joke, Amon? Nope. I didn't think you did. <laughs> you youngins. <laughs> They're better sweets now, Chris. They don't need to eat all sorts. This is true. Uh, there was uh, Bassett's. Bassett's, the company that made licorice all sorts. Oh. And in the 80s, there was an advert where it went, Bassett's, it takes all sorts. Or, or, or I don't know. Maybe maybe I just, maybe I'm making that up. Maybe I've been, maybe I've just imagined that. Who knows? Anyway, I think she's amazing. And she's one of the, the, the growing cadre of incredible character actors who've been slightly underserved in the MCU. So it'd be great to mm. see her getting something to do in this one. And we see her on a, on a beach earning 20% uh, opposite <laughs> Namor. Sutherland, yes. Namor, Lewis, Namor. And I'm going to do that every single time. Uh, you can be guaranteed. That's that's a you better believe it, buddy. Don't uh, feel obliged, Chris. I have to feel it. I, I can't. The muse is in me, Helen. You know how, you know how it works. But Namor is the, the, well, I was going to say bad guy of this movie, but we all know he's not going to be the bad guy of this movie. He's going to be, there's going to be, you know, both of their mums are going to be called Martha and <laughs> Black Panther and Namor are going to reconcile and face off against the true bad guy. I want to get into who you think that might be uh, in just a second, but let's talk about Namor. Yeah, no, he looks very cool. <laughs> like they, they found a way to make the winged feet cool. That's awesome. Um, yeah, because... <laughs> okay. You don't I, think they're cool? Okay, I, let's, let's get into this. 
I, I, I'm the jury's out. It's one shot at the moment. It's one shot, and I love Namor as a character, and it's one of the greatest designs. I think it's just a man in speedos with wings on his feet, and he flies <laughs> around, and he's a grade A dickhead, and and that's that's who he is, right? Mm. Uh, and there's a lot of reinvention of the classic Namor look in 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 this movie, and you know the, the sort of. The introduction or of uh, or the incorporation of Mayan elements into Atlantean culture, which is all very very cool and mm. funky, mm. and I, part of me again simultaneously I want to see this movie with you, and simultaneously I want to be as far away from you as I possibly can. Simultaneously, I love the winged feet, and simultaneously I'm like I'm not sure that they should have gone with that. But listen. If you told me when I was a kid that one day I would see Namor with winged feet flying around on the screen and it wouldn't have looked <laughs> shit, like it wouldn't have looked goofy, then mm. I would have not believed you. And this, so yeah, you've, you've yeah. talked me around. Good, well done. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, you're completely right. The the Mayan uh, pulling those elements from uh, cultures that we know. I think there's some Aztec elements uh, in Namor's um, update here as well. Uh, all of it looks really, really cool. His underwater kingdom looks fantastic. His throne looks amazing. Um, and he just looks like a really formidable antagonist is the word I'm going to use here, uh, mm. as opposed to villain. And, you know, I love that these guys, you know, Mbaku, Nakia, Okoye, Shuri, we've seen them be very formidable before, but they're going to get challenged here in a big way. Um, and not only with Namor, but with his lieutenants, Atuma, is one of them. We see a, a shot of him in this trailer. He, he looks uh, formidable as well. And um, in the comics, he has been somebody who uh, has, has vied for Namor's throne uh, many, many a time. I think there's an, there's another Atlantean, sorry, an, another Talalokan, um who we see as one of Namor's lieutenants. I can't remember her name right now. Do you mean Namora? Yes, um, Namora. So I think... Atuma and Namor may be the devil and the angel on Namor's shoulder uh, in this film, either pushing him towards war with Wakanda or trying to uh, pull him back towards peace, which would be interesting, um, especially given everything that Wakanda is going through in this moment. So, Hell's Bells, for the people mm. who may not know who Namor is, mm. who is who is he? And why does he take so long to show up? What the hell's going on? <laughs> uh, that is that is the question, I guess, isn't it? We're gonna we're gonna have to find out about that. It, it's interesting. I mean, so so I mean, he's not not Aquaman, is he? If we're being completely fair, he, he came first. He, yeah, he, yeah he I, I'm not Aquaman. saying he didn't come, mm. come first. I'm you know, but like for people who have only seen the movies, he's yeah. not not Aquaman. He is not, a not half Aquaman. Atlantean. He uh, he rules a kingdom under the sea. Uh, not a fun one with the singing crabs. And, uh, or, or the he's drum also, playing octopi. octopi. With the drum, drum playing <laughs> octopus. He is, um, yeah, he is, as you say, a bit of a dickhead. He's also a mutant, which mm. is interesting. So the fact that they've waited until now may be, at least to some degree, tied to the fact that they want to keep that aspect of his character and keep mm. this idea of mutant threat mm. uh, growing in the MCU. And in this film, they call him Cuckoo Khan, the they Feather do. Serpent God. That was my Mbaku impression. I apologize. Um, Any impression but- we have to say who you were doing after the impression is is, is a good one. Uh, but I think I think you're right. I think honestly, he's taken so long to appear in the MCU because they didn't have the rights to him. I think it's it's that simple. He was part of the fantastic. He's a Fantastic Four 
character, I guess, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, you know, he's been a thorn in the side of the FF and, of course, an ally of the FF and then a thorn in the side of the FF and an sure. ally of the FF and a mm-hmm. thorn in the side of the You know where I'm going with Thank this. You. Yeah. For a long, long, long time. <laughs> and But also, you know, you're right, there's a, there's a mutant element to him as well. And in the comics over the last few years, they've introduced this antagonistic relationship between Atlant- Atlantis. I was going to say Atlanta, but that's where... <laughs> Sorry, yes, Atlantis. That's, that's where they, they filmed The Walking Dead and uh, a lot of Marvel <laughs> movies, in fact. Yeah. But yes... Atlantis, Atlantis, not Atlanta. And uh, there's been a lot of bad blood between Atlanta. Atlantis, I keep doing it. Atlantis <laughs> and Wakanda. Mm. It's difficult to say it. This is another interesting one. It's like we all we all know Ashuri, right? So why aren't they showing Ashuri? And we all know they're going to be besties-ish by the end of this movie. So that begs the question. I'm not sure, I'm not as sure about that as you are. Really? I don't think that, you know, Namor when he appeared in the scene in the comics was a full-blown... Mm-hmm. Fill-in of sorts, and I. But I don't think they're going to introduce him as a full-blown villain. I think they're, they're maybe not going to be besties, but they will. There will be an uneasy truce. Yeah, there are ways to avoid having an entirely new other villain, and we should get into those theories because, again, Richard Newby had a really interesting uh, idea about that, which I know you two are going to love. But <laughs> um, I was actually thinking of that there is a possibility, there are lots of possibilities where he is the main antagonist. He just has a point that meeting on the beach is is perhaps about old grudges between the two nations, which Raimonda fails to address or isn't willing to address in the same way that T'Challa wasn't willing to do as um, Killmonger hoped in the last film. You know, that there are genuine political questions. And if you're leading a people, you cannot always do what your opponent wants you to do and still do the best for your people. So she may reject some demand that he makes, mm-hmm. cue fighting, and then they may team up again simply because the toll get or not t- team up again, but they may come to a truce, they may reach an agreement, they may find a way to de-escalate simply because the toll gets too high because you know, some other natural disaster intervenes potentially, some other threat emerges, but without it being a single person, it could be another force in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, like just the rest of humanity suddenly going, hey guys, we think this is bad, please stop. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's possible that there are other things that could happen rather than just Mr. Bigger and Badder turning up. Truce by the end, yes, but definitely not best. It's like we see footage in both trailers of Namor flooding parts of Wakanda. There's going to be words and fights and everything else that is going to be said about that, believe you me. So definitely not best. Oh, stop it. <laughs> That's what they're going to say. Stop that. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, and obviously the flooding of Wakanda is taken from Avengers versus X-Men when Namor had the power of the Phoenix and flooded Wakanda and killed a whole bunch of people and that is where... I told you, dickhead. <laughs> Great age, dickhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, we didn't like him in, in that particular comic. Um, yeah. But yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, I, I, yeah, I guess you're right. And, you know, because Tony and Steve weren't besties and it wasn't even a truce by the end of mm-hmm. Civil War. So maybe maybe this is going to introduce Namor as a, as a longstanding uh, antagonist slash villain of sorts for a while, at least until he sees Sue Storm and goes all googly eyed. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there is an interesting discussion about then what is the is there an, is there another antagonist? So Richard Newby in his piece 
says that he's, you know, he doesn't, he's not saying this for sure, but he says he, you know, essentially wouldn't be surprised uh, if Doctor Doom was being introduced <laughs> in this film. <laughs> now, oh I, I have a, I have a long-standing theory. Uh, you better believe it, buddy, if you will, that Doctor <laughs> Doom is going to be the main bad guy of Avengers: Secret Wars. That we're watching Kang, and none of us are watching Doctor Doom, and he's going to come up on the on the on the rails and blindside us all by being. If you think <laughs> Namor is a great A dick. Uh, Doctor Doom is a grade A plus dick uh, who's very going to be very difficult to get right on the on the big screen. Mm-hmm. But in Feige, we trust. I don't think he's going to appear in this film. But do you think he's going to be set up? I'm just imagining my reaction to a Doom reveal. And <laughs> oh, so be amazing. Um, do I think Doctor Doom will appear in this film? No, but I think I could see a post credit tease taking place in that in that very uh, teasing him like maybe showing him from behind so you don't fully see his face a tease like that but not yeah. like a full like Doctor Doom reveal here he is boom I don't think we're going to get that I I also don't think we're going to get that I mean look I, I, I thought that um, Richard's theory was actually really compelling in the way that he led I basically the idea is this is about two leaders of Two nations. Uh, Doom is a third. If he's talking about broken people leading nations, uh, being great leaders, Doom would appear to also fit the bill. They, they, that's those are, those are really interesting ideas, and they make a lot of sense. I just think that he is so tied to the Fantastic Four, at least in the public consciousness. I know not not only them in the comics. That I feel like it would be un, it would be very surprising if he were revealed properly in a Black Panther film. Mm-hmm. We shall see, because I, I just can't, I can't figure out, maybe you guys are right, maybe Namor is the, the chief antagonist and, uh, you know, maybe it is going to end with them having a big old showdown, whoever Black Panther is, or the Black Panthers at the, at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know, but I, I do wonder if there's an ace up this. Maybe it's Martin Freeman who's not in this trailer, maybe Everett Ross goes off the fucking deep end in this <laughs> and just... Does. Maybe you the know, Tolkien white guys are back, you know. Took a white guy. Maybe he he goes full incel and just has a you know he just goes absolutely oh nuts. He goes nuts on the message boards. He tries to take down. <laughs> he tries to take everyone down on the message boards. I, I I feel like I feel like it's more. I feel like I don't think it's building towards a big simple fight, good guy versus bad guy. I mean, you know. To some extent, the first film did, and it was the single weakest part of that film. Yep. And it came before a much better scene between sort of bad guy and good guy, if you will. Oh my God, yeah. You One know? of the best scenes in the MCU. Exactly. Yeah. And so I wonder if it will be, you know, the two teaming up against, like I say, against a natural disaster, against a bigger threat to one of their peoples or both. Like that would be more interesting to me and more powerful um, as a superhero movie, because I think... I think Ryan Coogler is very, very aware of the power of superheroes as, you know, people who make political statements and that the limitation of the traditional superhero figure has been that they have been large C conservative. They have been absolutely dedicated to preserving the status quo. And I think he's made it clear with the first film that he's not interested in that. Yeah. And so I would like to see that idea continued and explored here and the idea that he is... He is looking at what if superheroes tried to make the world a better place and not just fought a bad guy, 
you know, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. the MCU throughout its career, to some extent, has always dabbled in this at the very least, you know, Tony getting into green energy, all this kind of stuff. It's it's there in the background if you want to see it. But I like it when it's made explicit because I do believe the world can be better. couple of last things. I'm going through the trailer and interesting, the trailer, you know, gives you this, this you know, this very, uh, like I say, sober opening with everybody mourning the loss of T'Challa. Uh, and of course, again, by extension, Chadwick Boseman. You also have within that, you have a sense of Namor preparing for the fight, but also I guess he had a lot of respect for for T'Challa also, I, I guess, which is maybe why he's part of that of that montage. Uh, and then the, the trailer does something that I think that the last trailer didn't do, because the last trailer was very much about, you know, Chadwick's gone. Mm-hmm. We miss him. This film is going to be a tribute to him. It's going to be okay. And that's what that first trailer was. The second trailer is, that's going to be a huge part of this movie. But guys, there's a kick-ass Black Panther movie in here as well. And you're going to get a sense of that through the action sequences. They a really, really fun car chase. It looks like a really fun car chase. You have hints of big, big action sequences. You have Riri Williams, who is Ironheart in there, you know, shouting, let's go, which is the <laughs> moment that the trailer kind of becomes upbeat and, mm. and fun again. And I think one of the reasons for the running time is going to be, yes, you're going to be elegaic. Yes, you're going to have you're going to have to pay your proper respect to Chadwick Boseman. But I think there will be a gradual lightening of the tone uh, yes. because I don't think it's going to be two hours and 41 minutes of of mourning. I, I agree with that. I think that's that's absolutely right. And you need that time to just shift your emotions gradually, sort of uphill, if you will. Um, so I think that's what they're focusing on to some extent. I I actually think the the intercutting of the first part of the trailer I don't think is necessarily straight up girding for battle it seems to be more almost accepting a mantle accepting a you know if if not accepting the throne because he's already been on the throne for a while at least sort of you know there's a ceremonial aspect to it that I think is in contrast to the goodbyes that the Wakandans are saying, it's almost like a, a sort of hello or a welcoming or a new stage mm. for Namor. And, and that that was the way I took that intercutting of the first part of the trailer. But yeah, I think it'll be really interesting as well to see just like the sort of water-based attacks on, um, on, on presumably humanity. I, I, in general, again, I don't know that those are necessarily Wakandan oil rigs. They don't no, seem like an oil rig kind of people. So no. um, so I feel like that's a more generalized beef with the surface world, which is interesting because, you know, obviously, again, Aquaman dabbled in that and then just gave up the idea almost immediately um, in one of the most dumb decisions in that wonderfully dumb film. <laughs> but also, you know, it, it brings back uh, to mind things like John Wyndham's uh, uh, The Kraken Wakes mm-hmm. and books like that, where if the, you know, if the mm-hmm. seas turn on us, we are actually quite deeply fucked. Deep. Pun being deliberate. Just a couple of things about this trailer, which I love. You mentioned the shifting emotions that this film is going to take you through. I feel like this trailer is a microcosm of that in a sense, because probably my favorite thing about it. And again, it was edited by Andrew Hegley, who edited the first trailer, edited this trailer. Fantastic job. If you listen closely, Wakanda Forever is right at the start of this trailer and it starts up as a whisper and it comes back late in the trailer and it gets louder and louder and louder until it's a full blown chant. And honestly, just that gave me chills. That is just an awesome editorial decision 
in this trailer, which I think has a massive impact. So I love that. Mm. Um, I feel like given what that phrase means to Wakandans, given the fact that maybe there'll be multiple Black Panthers, maybe we're going to see multiple people in vibranium suits. I'm imagining that that might be a thing that happens in the film, which would just blow my mind. So, but first, that's the first thing to say. Second to say, in the early part of this trailer in T'Challa's funeral, yeah, uh, Barbara Mal, who is the African singer who sings on the Wakanda track, he's actually in this film. In he's he's, he's part of that funeral funeral procession. So it's cool to see that he's actually sort of made his way into the actual film and will be a part of it in that way. That's cool. Obviously, the title of the film is Wakanda Forever, and you know, we expect it to take place largely in Wakanda, a little bit in Atlantis, not Atlanta. Uh, but there are... Can I just say, Atlantis has been renamed Talokan for, for this film. Uh, for legal reasons, in case they get sued by Atlantis. <laughs> Why is that? Oh, I think that is taken from Mayan culture. Okay. Mayan or Aztec, I can't remember. I think it's Mayan. All right. But I, I suspect the word Atlantis will be mentioned at least once in the movie. The way Kevin Feige told me is that he said, he said, for the purposes of this movie, Atlantis will be renamed Talokan. So just by the way he phrased that, I think you might be right, because he could have just said Talokan outright. But that, that, that is how he phrased it to me. Interesting. We shall, we shall see how it goes. But the car chase seems to be in America. Yeah, Chicago, Illinois. It's, it's, a, it's an Illinois place uh, in the car that um, Okoye is driving. And yeah, it's a very cool stunt scene that we see her. She's got some tricks with that spear, man. She does. And at one point we see her being flanked uh, in that chase sequence in Chicago. But uh, I'm guessing Riri Williams and yes. who's flying uh, something. Ironheart Mark, Mark 1, probably. Okay. <laughs> so there's, there's going to be some really, really interesting action. How does Riri Williams, how does Ironheart fit into this? Do, do you know uh, any any theories? I suspect that she will be one of the people that Wakandans discover from their outreach programs um, that mm. they start off at the end of the first Which film. Um is presumably so winer in Chicago. Yes. Uh, so that is how Shuri and Riri connect and obviously find that they're very similar in some aspects, but also very different. Uh, and I'm very intrigued to see what they do with that relationship. We see a little bit of it in the comics. There's a recent comic which had them meeting for the first time and teaming up for the first time, which was really, really fun. Uh, but we haven't really seen that in depth um, on the page yet. So they have an opportunity here to really add layers to that relationship. And it's really, really interesting that what, one of the things that I was saying about uh, previous MCU entries, like uh, Avengers Infinity War, you got people like War Machine and Falcon coming to Wakanda for the first time. And because that film has so much going on, we don't get to see them take a beat that they are in this black paradise, which has been secret for how many hundreds of years. And they, you know, what, what are their thoughts on that? I feel like through Vivi, who is coming from the outside world into Wakanda from Chicago, we're going to get some of that. Um, because especially if, 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 if they do, if they bring Vivi's comic history into uh, this film, like she, I think, I think she's lost either one or both of her parents to violence of some sort. Yeah, she lives with her aunt and uncle in Chicago in the comics. Right. Um, so 
what will she think now that you know, Wakanda has only just revealed itself to the world if they reveal itself sooner maybe that could have changed I don't know but I feel like that would be one of the things that might come up between those two characters uh, and yeah um, when, I, when I spoke to Letitia she was like her, some of her favourite scenes are of Shuri and Vivi teaming up especially action wise so that could be cool to see because Black Panther as cool as who this new Black Panther is uh, she can't fly and Vivi can. So just imagining what that might look like has me very excited. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, there's someone on a bike here as well. I don't know who that is in that, in that Chicago car chase. Uh, not in the trailer that much is Lupita Nyong'o. Yes. Mm. And just not only in the show, but just in the marketing in general. Um, I, I've noticed her absence has been glaring. One theory I did have, I'm not sure if I told you guys this yet, I don't know if I want to guarantee it, but what if Nakia is pregnant with with T'Challa's child? That would explain why she's not in Infinity War as well. Uh, Possible, I guess, yeah. Um, I I thought it might mean that she was following her comic book destiny and going to the bad, potentially. No, they're not going to do that. Not not after what they did in the first film. I'm not saying I'm hoping (laughs) for it, but I, I, you know... Maybe she has a Nakia off with Nakia from Miss Marvel. You can't have two Nakias. Can't do it. Can't do it. Why not? Can't We've do got it. all of these Steves all over the superhero mm. world, you know? You can't have, it's it, fine. It'd be like having four Chrises in the superhero world. You just can't have it. <laughs> Only four? Yeah, you're a right. It'll never prospect. be that few. <laughs> An outlandish prospect. We can't possibly do that. Um, yeah, I'd I'm intrigued really by that. I'd be disappointed if they turn Nakia bad. They did so much good work to be redo that character in the first film and given the relationship with T'Challa I, I don't see them doing that I don't see them doing that I hope they don't <laughs> <laughs> we, sh- we shall see we shall see uh, alright listen it's very late we're very tired I'm very sick so let's bring this bad boy to an end uh, anything else you want to say that, that the trailer has sparked in your minds or you know do you think this is going to be there 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 is a little bit of a wavering of faith in the MCU movie machine. Uh, I would say a lot of people reacted quite poorly, and you, you two included, uh, to Thor, Love and Thunder. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of us, me included, reacted quite poorly to <laughs> Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Before that, of course, there was Spider-Man No Way Home, uh, right. you know, and Eternals, which admittedly, you know, we're pretty much the only people who like that movie, uh, even Amon's a bit uh, wavering on it. But, you know, if we go down the YouTube comments, someone here goes, this movie has two major things to do. And number two is restore the faith we once had in the MCU. And it's like, come uh, on, man. Really? Come on, Seriously? Come on, she holds incredible. What do you, come on, take a break. Come on, come on. But Seriously. on the big screen, on the big screen, do you think that there is a reputation to restore? And if so, is this movie going to restore it? And, you know, to Best Picture nomination status again. I, I, I think that might be a bridge too far, possibly, um, but I do think it's going to be a major uptick in the uh, number of people who care about and are into these films. I think it will be much more on a par. I certainly hope it will be much more on a par with No Way Home than with the Love and Thunder. Um, yeah. I trust that it will be. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I do th- feel like this is going to be a big hit, but I don't think it's it's. You know, no one's going to accept it as a course correction. It'll be the usual thing of well, yes, this one was good, but the next one will suck, and so the cycle continues, the great circle of life, <laughs> and trolling continuing endlessly. What is the next one after this? Is it uh, Quantumania? Yeah. See, that won't suck. That's guaranteed. Even though it's only Birch isn't in it, 
They could have <laughs> they could have guaranteed greatness with Sonny Burge, but they chose not to. They instead they've gone for Armor Wars. So that film is automatic already number three in my MCU top ten. They haven't even made it. Yeah. No. Wild. Quantumania. The fact that Kang is in that movie, just the excitement levels go way up just because of his inclusion. Uh, but yeah, no, I agree with everything Helen is saying here. Just watching these trailers, the quality of filmmaking looks like it's gone up a notch compared to what we've seen in the recent past, at least for me. You know, Ryan Coogler, he hasn't missed yet. I trust him implicitly. I've been saying for a long time, I do not envy him making this movie. It is so difficult in so many respects. And then you add in the Chadwick element of it all. Yeah. It is insane. It would have been tough already without that, but it's yeah. it's it's huge. Plus you gotta introduce Riri, plus you gotta introduce exactly. Namor, plus you gotta do all this stuff. At the same yeah. time, I don't trust anyone other than him to make this movie because that that is how much he's earned it through Black Panther, through Creed, through Fruitvale. He's just so impressive. And just as a leader of an ensemble. If you listen to the way these guys talk about Ryan, like they would follow him off a cliff. Um, that would be takes- alarmingly stupid. <laughs> that would be terrible leadership. I mean, That's when they leadership. say broken people make good leaders, they don't mean oh, physically gosh. like shattered bones. That's not what they mean. You shouldn't take people off a cliff. No, don't do that. Don't do that. I would never, honestly, I, I, I would never follow anyone off a cliff unless there was like a T-Rex behind me or so. If, if if going off the cliff is my only option of possible survival, then and only then. But otherwise, Amon, what are you doing? This yeah. is mania. Anyway. Not even say, Quantumania. Quantumania. Oh my God. Quantumania. And then it's, uh, then it's, it's, uh, then it's, what's next? Well, Quantumania. I used to know this shit. Uh, I'm very tired and sick. Uh, Quantumania. Then it's the Marvels. And then it's Guardians 3. Yeah. I think next year is going to be a solid, solid year. Yeah. Helen doesn't because it's a Guardians movie, but <laughs> honestly, she can take her cynicism and stow I'm it. I'm not super hyped about Quantumania, but every day is Christmas Eve around here. So. <laughs> I am super hyped about all three of those movies. Uh, Everett Ross, King of the Incels may not be, but <laughs> screw that guy. He's not even in this trailer. Uh, can I say one last thing? One last thing that I no. really like about okay, the fine. quality of the filmmaking in this trailer. And uh, I, I love the MCU. I don't know if that's become clear over the, the podcast we've done about it over the last few years. I think one of of the things that perhaps dogged, and I, I, you know, Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness, and Thor: Love and Thunder was they they felt a little green screeny. They felt a little mm-hmm. bit that's that's do the show right here, and we can put in a nice background later on, and we can fiddle with it, you know, in in post. This movie is putting the emphasis, at least in the trailer, on sets, great sets. Uh, and on locations. There seems to be a lot of really, really good location work. Like that, that scene, I may be completely wrong about this, uh, and there may be like, they may have just used the volume in the way that the Batman used a lot of the volume. And you're sitting watching the Batman going, this location work is incredible. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, that's the, they, they took the, the volume to the next level, the LED volume to the next level, and went to Glasgow and Liverpool, but you know what I mean. And this, I mean, that scene between Namor and Ramondo on the beach mm-hmm. looks like they went to a beach. I may be wrong about that, but it does. It looks that way. All the stuff in Chicago looks like it was shot, maybe not in Chicago, but you know, Chicago is very, very good. Chicago is pretty, yeah, friendly to shoot. And I was, I was there once on one film set. Well, I can say now, I can't. It was Widows years ago, uh, and I spent a day on Widows. But on my, on my day off afterwards, when I was walking around Chicago, they were shooting Rampage, and there was literally (laughs) helicopters (laughs) flying up and down the main street. 
in mm. Chicago, like the main city street. So mm. yeah, they 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 are very very friendly to filmmakers. I mm. think in Chicago, yeah. but the CG fuck fest mm. element of the last two movies doesn't. It, it's a little present here. There's a scene with Namor, and obviously you know he's he's against green screen and the compositing's pretty good, uh, you know. But it's still you can still tell it's a, it's an effect. But everything else looks and feels real or mm. more real than, than certain shots in Love and Thunder and Multiverse of Madness. I'm just so excited. This, this film is pretty close to coming out now, um, and I, which means that I need to go online and order my traditional African garments because I'm going to do this film right when the screening or the premiere comes out. I'm going to get the Kimoyo bees. I'm going to get the Black Panther necklace. It's going to be a whole thing. I can't wait. Vibranium? Of course. <laughs> all right. Maybe I will be with you after all. Maybe, maybe I do need to see that. We shall see how it goes. Uh, just over a month to go until Black Panther Wakanda Forever opens. Very, very excited indeed. But listen, on that note, I need to collapse and you guys need to go to bed. Thank you so much for listening to this. I hope you guys enjoyed it despite the delirium. Uh, it's goodbye from Helen O'Hara. Toodaloo. It's goodbye from Amon Warman. Peace. Uh, hey, just a reminder that you can actually pick up the latest issue of Empire which has Black Panther Wakanda Forever on the cover. And Amon spoke to everybody pretty much from that movie for that. So that's on sale right now and all good evil and virtual news agents as well. And it's also goodbye from... Oh, hey, Helen. Uh, what film is That's Not Start Sucking Each Other's Dicks just yet from? It's Pulp Fiction. Mr. Wolf. Let's oh, Not Start course. Sucking yes, Each yes. Other's Dicks. Mr. Wolf, Harvey Keitel. Of course, yes. Well, there's no good way out of this, except to say thank you so much for listening. See you next time. Bye.